Hi, it's Tony Bruski from Real Ghost Stories Online, inviting you to subscribe to our other podcast called The Grave Talks. It's where I sit down and interview individuals who've had extreme paranormal situations happen to them in their lives. Just search The Grave Talks on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you download podcasts. Be sure to press subscribe and give us some stars to help spread the word that this show exists. Now, here's a 15-minute preview of The Grave Talks. Today on The Grave Talks, The Haunted Dean House. The haunted Dean House in Calgary, Alberta, Canada has a long and storied history. Originally built in 1906 by Captain Richard Dean, tragedy would strike as his wife died during construction. Bad luck and troubled times would revisit the property in 1971 in the form of a husband and wife murder-suicide. After this, many would begin to report ghostly activity on the property. Sightings of full-bodied apparitions, strange noises, and feelings would be experienced by many who visited and investigated the property. Is the Dean House still haunted to this day? What do the spirits want that haunt the Dean House? Today, we talk with historian Carl Santos about this mystery. The history of the Dean House really begins uh, with the history of Canada. I mean, I don't know how many people, it is in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, and um, I, I know you've got a wide listenership, don't know how many people know about Canada, but um, so we, uh, it's funny, we're just, we, we share a border with America, but culturally quite different in some ways. I mean, we still have Miley Cyrus and, and some of the downsides of American culture here. <laughs> but, but because America was forged out of revolution, you guys separated from the Brits uh, violently, that really does checker and, and work on the psyche of Americans. Whereas Canada, um, typical to our reputation, we separated under peaceful terms. We, we negotiated separation. Uh, from the Brits in 1867, so about 100 years-ish after you guys. And as a result, uh, when that happened, the big Canada was really focused in the east. This is Ontario and Quebec area, you know, north of New York and the east coast like you guys. And um, the problem was they had all this massive territory. Canada is ginormous, but only has about 40 million people in it. So it's, you know, 10% of the American population, but larger space. And... Um, so the Canada was having trouble with shipping, you know, with we had railroads that ran across the country, but because all these territories were independent, it was costly to move things across borders and such. So it was very practical. The Canadians decided we, we, for practical reasons, we need to become a federation. And they separated along these lines in 1867 and became uh, Canada. Um, but what happened then was we have this massive country that pushes out west towards British Columbia, you know, Alaska and so on out there. And um, but no sovereignty. So the government owned the land, but it was kind of like the Wild West. There was no police. There was no army presence. There weren't a lot of settlements. So what happens around 1875 is the Canadian government decides to start pushing, um, uh, start planting forts throughout the country, which is a typical way of establishing sovereignty and authority in areas that are kind of wild. Um, so they start doing this. And what happens eventually is 1875, they get to Alberta, Calgary, where we are now. Um, and although today Calgary is dominated by the oil industry, uh, people often refer to Alberta as the Texas of Canada. 
because it is very, uh, we have a stampede that they run up here as the biggest uh, tourist attraction. In fact, the hockey stadium is called the Saddle Dome. It looks like a saddle. It's shaped as a saddle. So we are quite uh, frontier-like out here. And now it's oil-dominated. But at the time, it wasn't. It was just this 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 wilderness uh, by the mountains, freezing cold. But a lot of native tribes, first peoples, as they call them up here. And um, so they settle. They they send the Northwest Mounted Police, which later became the Mounties, to um, to set establish a fort in Calgary called Fort Calgary, uh, very uniquely. And um, that's what happens in 1975. This the idea, or sorry, 1875. And the hope is that by doing that. They will be able to stamp out the whiskey trade um, to bring some law and order to the area and prepare the way for settlements of the land. And that works, but but it starts there. So the Dean House is built on Fort Calgary land, but it isn't built until 1906. But at 18, in 1875, um, the guy that they send out here to create this, this fort is a guy named Griswold. And let me just make sure I'm getting his the full name here for him. So... So this, this Griswold is sent out here to create um, this incredible fort. But the problem is uh, it's really cold. <laughs> it's really cold out here. And the, the, the guys who are set tasked with building it um, have to work their, their tails off. And Ephraim Griswold is, uh, is a taskmaster. Um, he puts them to work on a very tight schedule, but it's so cold that, you know, as, as an example um, for you guys, because Madison, Wisconsin, is that cold? That's pretty cold, isn't it? Yeah, I grew up in Wisconsin about an hour from there. It's uh, it's cold. Okay. It's not Canada cold, but it's cold. It's, you know, we yeah. have pretty harsh winters. So I did a quick check. And as an example, we're about four degrees colder on average throughout the year in Calgary versus Madison and 40 percent more snow. So it's just cold. And, you know, the poor white Europeans weren't prepared for this. Um, so they end up having to work about an hour at a time with two hours off in the warmth to try to try to survive building this place. Because Ephraim Griswold, the commander of the, of the police at the time in, in the area, was just a taskmaster. And, and they get quite tired of it. So they eventually form a very, you know, Canadian mutiny, which is they just start asking him to leave um, nicely. And he... Uh, <laughs> He eventually, he eventually does force to retire. But, but in the process of that, uh, the fort is completed, and not just that. The Canadians sign uh, eleven treaties with the North, uh, the Native uh, peoples in the area and all around Canada, through from 1871 to 1921 to allow them to do to own this land and so on. Um, but the, so the, the fort is settled. Relations are quite good at the time with the, with the the natives. There are some skirmishes. There is a, a raid on the on the fort at one point by the Blackfoot tribes that kills people, and you know, that will come up in the haunted history later on of the uh, of the of the the, 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 the house. Um, but in general, there's actually a lot of reports of the first the, the, the native people helping the Europeans get through the winters. So you know, all in all, pretty Canadian, pretty pretty kosher. Up here, but there are at this point as well. It is a fort, and the fort is a place where there is um, executions. Executions are held. So the, the first uh, murder happens in Calgary in 1884, and it's actually of an American, um, uh, or by an American, American uh, man named uh, Jess Williams. Uh, in February 8th uh, of 1884, he was a, a, a man who was born to slaves, but by 1880. Uh, for obviously he's not a slave anymore, but he's he's come up to Canada looking for some freedom and a life, 
Um, and it's a bit, a bit dodgy about what happens to him. But uh, at that point, at one night, three men walk into a store in Calgary and find um, a guy named James Adams dead on the floor from blunt trauma to his head. And he's had his throat cut by a razor blade. Um, they panic. They call the police. The police come in. They kind of look around and they follow footprints because it's a snowy day in February. And the footprints lead to this this ex-slave, Jess Williams' tent, a, a settler's tent. Um, so he was up there uh, looking for, up here looking for work or, or what have you. Um, it's kind of murky. It looks like a lot of racism does play into it. But he is eventually convicted of the crime and he is hung at Fort Calgary um, for this crime. And and from what I can tell in the history, uh, three different times, there's three different executions that happen on the premises of the fort where the Dean House is about to be built. Um, another one is a guy named Ernest Cashel, who shoots a man named Isaac Rufus and um, he, in, in 1904, and he is hung. And then William Jasper Collins uh, beats, shoots, and burns another man named John Benson on May 1st, 1913, and uh, is executed the following year. So, so it's a fort. So the fort is used for executions. It is the jail. Um, it is a, it is you know a, a colonial type fort. So it, it, there is some just the natural hostility and violence and, and such that occurs in it in those early years. So that that takes us. Um, to the turn of the century, around 1900, and this is where we get the Dean House itself. Um, up until that point, on the premises of the fort, there is the house that the, the commander of the, the forces lived. But by 1906, when, when Dean comes, um, things, his name is Richard Burton Dean, he arrives to take over the, the command of the Northwestern Mounted Police at Fort Calgary. But by that time, the house that was originally built on the property was deemed to be um, uh, uninhabitable, probably because 30 years of living in this climate and and, and so on. But so he so he is given five thousand dollars to build a new house, and um, and that's what happens. So in August of 1906, they start building this house, and and Richard Burton Dean, by all accounts, is a good guy, good man. No, nothing too no too harsh. Sorry, no no harsh history about him. His wife is ill when he starts building the house, and she dies before they take up residence. Um, but the house is actually done by the end of the year in December of 1906. And um, it is built uh, a bit over over budget, but everybody seems to be content with that. All the history seems to su- suggest that it was a great house, uh, not just um, uh, not just livable, but actually was made to be able to host dignitaries and the such so it's it's quite nice richard um dean himself in his memoirs would later say that uh, it was and i quote certainly the best house in mounted police occupancy to that date so it's it's quite nice um and uh it's it's great reading these old historical documents because it tells you that the house was completed by it was being built by prisoners so that can kind of help into the lore um but also local tradesmen and the only the architect and the foreman who built it survives in documentation officially only as Carpenter Joseph, no no last name or anything. So, um, but it's built it's built slightly over budget because there was a strike that caused them to renegotiate wages for some of the workers, and um, so the house gets built in December and he moves right in and um, it was if, if, if so let me describe the house. It, it's basically just a square. It's a square red bricked home. It's got what they call a hip roof. And hip roofs are basically um, pointed roofs. It's a square building. So it, it looks like a pyramid stuck on the top of a, of a house. 
Um, and it's got large verandas around it um, that at one point um, they actually hosted a, a Japanese prince named Prince Fushimi in 1907 there. And they used the verandas to have a, a band playing on it with, you know, silk drapes blowing in the wind. And um, it apparently was quite beautiful in its day. It still is, actually. It's still quite great to, to walk around in. But it's a great, big, beautiful house. And um, nothing at this point has, has, you know, up until 1910 or so, there's really nothing too dark in the history of the Dean House. I think you mentioned earlier, and it's it's not until later in the 70s that you start seeing, getting reports of any sort of paranormal activity. But up until then, there is lots of stuff that happens um, between Richard Burton, uh, Richard uh, Burton Dean, uh, him taking up residence through to when you see the big turn, which is a murder that happens in the 70s, which is very well documented. Mm -hmm. But um, any questions up until this point? No, keep going. I'm very uh, curious as to hear what happens as the murder <laughs> takes place. Yeah. So it's and yeah, you said you wanted stories. So I'm going to let's keep going with the story. So yeah. um, Dean lives there uh, for uh, quite happily, by all accounts, for a while. But by 1914, um, things change. Obviously, the war and the First World War. But uh, for the Dean House and for Calgary specifically, um, the Grand Trunk Rail Pacific Railway, so big railway, comes in and buys the land that the fort is on. And, and even to this day, there's railway railway tracks that run through the city. Uh, just across the street from the Dean House and the fort. Um, so they, they buy up the land and they move the Dean House to a different part of the land to allow the station master to live in. And, and the deans are forced to leave. So he had, And he still commands for a while um, the forces, but he lives in the town itself in Calgary, which is now built up around it. And, um, and today, by the way, Calgary is about 1.5 million people, so it's not a small city by any stretch. But it was slowly starting to build up, and he lives in the town. Um, in April 1st of 1914. And um, the, the railway, the Grand Trunk Railway, if you know anything of the history of the Grand Trunk, um, does well for a short time, but by 1919, so five years later, has to declare bankruptcy. And then the land has been is then bought by the Canadian National Railway, CNR, and the Dean House is purchased along with it and continues to be the home for the station managers. And it's at this point in 1920 that the first um, story uh, comes up of anything sinister happening at the Dean House. And what you're going to see up until about 1971, um, there's, well, there's, there are some, some murders and things that happened beforehand that are, and deaths that are documented. But a lot of it, like a lot of these homes, a lot of lore really builds up around them. And what we find in 1920 is the story rises that um, a man was visiting and staying at the Dean House and he was, he fell down the stairs. And if you, if you ever happened to go there, the stairs are pretty solid. I, th I don't even know what kind of wood, probably oak. And it is rock hard. So I can imagine you fall down those stairs, it's going to hurt. And he dies. Um, but the sinister part is is people are, start whispering that he was pushed down because w apparently witnesses had seen it. And it wasn't like he just tripped. It looks like he was shoved. I hope you enjoyed your 15-minute preview of our new podcast, The Grave Talks. Be sure to subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download podcasts to not miss any episode of the show. New episodes every single Monday. Just search for The Grave Talks and then press subscribe. Give us a review while you're at it and some stars that will help us grow in the rankings and let other folks know that the show exists to make an even better show for you. The Grave Talks. Check it out at thegravetalks.com. 
Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com.